Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We're coming up on the five-year anniversary of the Coach and Coordinator Podcast, and it's been an incredible five years. We've had so many great guests, and of course, we have a great audience. And to show our appreciation to you, we've collaborated with Glazier Clinics. We've put together a package for you if you win this drawing. It's a Glazier season pass for your entire coaching staff, which includes your high school, junior high, and feeder programs, unlimited access to all the Glazier Clinics, unlimited Glazier Drive access. That's a $3.99 value. We've also put together a travel package for you. Travel expenses for one clinic, hotel, flight, rental car, or mileage, up to $1,500. So it's easy to enter to win. Go to glazierclinics.com slash win. We will announce the winner on December 12th, which again is the five-year anniversary of coaching coordinator. We appreciate all of you. And good luck in the sweepstakes. Get all the details and enter to win at glazierclinics.com slash win. On today's episode, I dig into one of my favorite books, Finding the Winning Edge by Bill Walsh. And we focus on a section of the book where he covers sustaining success after a big season and rebounding from a poor season. Before we get into that, I have a few quotes that go along with this. So let's start with this one from Pat Riley. Here's what he says. Complacency is the last hurdle any winner, any team must overcome before attaining potential greatness. Complacency is the success disease. It takes root when you're feeling good about who you are and what you have achieved. Bill Belichick, after his 2016 season in the Super Bowl, said, As great as today is, in all honesty, We're five weeks behind 30 teams in the league in preparing for the 2017 season. And Nick Saban said this about enjoying victories. I enjoy the victory, don't get me wrong, but it's like, so what? What's next? It's not much past that victory that you start thinking about what are the next issues, what are the next problems. Those are three great quotes from three great coaches, guys who have attained success at the highest level, guys who will probably go on to be called the greatest of all time in their sport and in their areas. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Both sides of it, though. We're going to talk about sustaining success after a big season, and we're going to talk about rebounding from a poor season. So I want to read to you something from Bill Walsh's book, Finding the Winning Edge. And again, if you could pick this up, I highly recommend you getting this book. Now, I know they're quite expensive. You can find them on eBay for about $400. Sometimes that price varies. I used to be able to get them at the Glazier Clinics. Uh, you might want to check into that and see if they're at the Coach's Choice booth when you get back to those live Glazier Clinics. So here's what Coach Walsh 
had to say about sustaining success after a big season. Being able to sustain a team's winning ways after an extraordinarily successful season, particularly after a Super Bowl win, presents its own unique set of issues that must be addressed. If you're extremely fortunate, you will find yourself in this situation. Not surprisingly, ownership, management, coaches, and players alike will experience a euphoric mental state arising from a sense of accomplishment and enhanced level of public approval. Everyone involved with the team tends to be affected by the high visibility and the relatively high degree of notoriety resulting from the team's success. Every reason exists to celebrate and to allow the organization as a whole to take great pride in the team's accomplishments. The achievements of the team are positive affirmation of the sacrifices and efforts required to bring about that success. As such, the acclaim that naturally follows extraordinary, extraordinary success should be embraced. Everyone in the organization should share in the team's accomplishments. Gratitude and appreciation should be shown to every individual involved with the team, from the front desk receptionist to the equipment manager. Every effort should be made to seize the moment by encouraging everyone with the organization to collectively come together to celebrate and recognize the success of the team. The expenses required to enable this gathering to occur should be perceived as worthwhile. At some point, however, everything must return to business as usual. All factors considered, the sooner this happens, the better. While this step will not occur overnight, everyone should be expected to have refocused on the actions needed and ensure that the success of the team will be repeated in the upcoming season. In reality, not everyone will. Herein lies the challenge for the coaching staff and management. Refocusing after the euphoria of a Super Bowl win can be almost as challenging as raising a team up from the depths of despair. Among the factors that should be considered when developing a plan to help sustain the winning ways of a team after successful season are the following. So he's going to go into this list here, and we're going to cover some of these. But I think it's interesting. It kind of goes back to that quote from Pat Riley that it's the success disease. And he says that some people won't be able to overcome that. And great ones refocus. Great ones like Bill Belichick who right away is ready to get on to the next one and realizes that, hey, we're behind, or Nick Saban, who is focused on that next set of problems that he needs to look at. So the first thing is recognize that there will be fallout from extraordinarily successful season, particularly if the success occurred rather unexpectedly. The symptoms of each fallout will sometimes be recognizable only to the most experienced and intuitive mind. So maybe you've won that conference championship, that your school hasn't won in a long time, or you made the playoffs for the first time in school history, or you won a state championship, or you won a national championship, you're going to have these things that come up, and you have to get your team refocused. That's the main thing here, that realize that you have to keep things in perspective. And it will be difficult initially, as Coach points out, that uh, you shouldn't be surprised by that, but there is a time where everything needs to be refocused. The media can amplify that, maybe even prolong it for you. Social media today certainly can have that effect as well. So you need to look at what are those things that we have to keep focused on? How do we need to block out some of those things just as we would block them out during the season 
blocking out some of those things that are said about us? How do we want to block those things out after the season when it is time to refocus? Again, you're going to give your team some period to enjoy this. You're going to enjoy it yourself, but not far off in the distance is the work that needs to be done because there's the next season to be played. In that regard, Coach Walsh says expect that many of the individuals involved with the team will become preoccupied with the need for more acclaim and more attention. In fact, some of the individuals will become consumed by the wish for more personal recognition. If it's your seniors and they're on the way out, it's great. Let them celebrate. But those juniors, those sophomores, those freshmen need to know that it's time to refocus, that if they want to have more of that acclaim, if they want to have more of that recognition, they need to get going because it's going to go away pretty quickly and and people are going to move on. As a head coach, you need to expect that your assistant coaches will be in demand from other organizations. Here's what Coach Walsh has to say about that. This situation is part of the price of success. Not surprisingly, your coaches will want more lucrative contracts and more security. Now, in the high school world, in the small college world, that may not be the motivator, but they may uh, want a situation where they have more responsibility. Maybe they're a position coach who can get elevated to a coordinator or somebody wants to look at one of your coordinators as a head coach. Coach Walsh continues, you may lose some key personnel. In addition, other members of the organization may feel that they have not received enough credit for the team's success. So now you see that some of these things are causing issues, right? That why is this guy getting attention and I'm not? In the NFL, there have been a number of instances where second-level management personnel, scouts, personnel directors, assistant coaches, have contacted the owner after the team had a great year in a backdoor attempt to let the owner know that they were responsible for the team's success. So yes, as Coach Walsh points out, success can have an ugly side too. So you need to be aware of that. You need to think about how you're going to manage those things. You need, you need to think about how you're going to give your coaches the recognition they deserve for the responsibilities that they had during the season for the great things that they did. Coach points out that in the NFL, this presents itself on the player side too, that some of those guys hold out for bigger contracts. They miss mini camps, et cetera. How does that affect your team? Some of those guys maybe who were underclassmen, who received those accolades, who were all state, who are being recruited, does it affect them in a certain way? And how do you need to help them become refocused? Because either at either level, whether that's high school or the NFL, where these guys are getting paid, it's all about the recognition they're receiving and their perceived value to the team that sometimes puts themselves above the team. So again, it's about bringing the team together and making sure that the team is first as you move forward. Here's where it gets down to some things that you have control of of yourself as an individual or if you're a head coach or a coordinator, the staff that works under you. And Coach points out that the staff is susceptible to some of these problems as well. And they deal with several critical issues, including the staff's effort to prepare for the upcoming season may not adhere to the same level of detail it did in the previous season due to an attitude that subscribes to the belief that We'll just do what we did last year. That's ultimately a prescription for failure. To think that you can do the exact same thing as you did the previous year is not a fair assessment of how your personnel is going to change, how the opponent's personnel is going to change, how people will approach you differently now as somebody who's had success in a team that 
maybe wasn't on their radar before, now certainly has a target on your bat. The staff will have considerably more demands on their time during the offseason. For example, they'll be invited to speak at more clinics and seminars, and as a result, they'll be on the road more. They'll also be besieged by coaches who want to meet them to tap into their insights into success. It ultimately happens. You have to decide, how much time are we going to give to the outside? I think it's great to give back to the game. I always liked when coaches wanted to come and spend time with us and learn about what we're doing because it was successful. But ultimately, that could not detract from the time we needed to spend on doing our work to get better ourselves for the next season. So I would suggest that when you do sit down with people, that you make it not a one-way conversation, that you look at them for uh, some things and feedback as well, that you go into that situation where you have somebody coming to clinic with you to learn from you, learn a little bit about them. What can they tell you about? What are the things that you can learn from them? And so Coach Walsh offers then some things you can do as the head coach, but I also, again, think this applies to a, you know, your coordinators uh, if you are a coordinator. And certainly you can look at this stuff if you're a position coach. You can certainly apply this to yourself. So number one, be demanding. Inform the squad that they will continue to be hot, held to high standards and that you will continue to expect and demand nothing less than their best performance at all times. Don't let that slip. Don't be lackadaisical in that. In fact, probably at first, you're going to have to be more in tune to keeping those standards up. To not get caught up and we did really well, we could take it easy here. Number two, stimulate and energize the squad. Do everything possible to retain the positive chemistry of the team. Replace lost free agents with comparably more talented players. In your case, you don't get to recruit. You don't get to pick up free agents but what can you do to replace that senior who's left? How are you going to develop that next guy who you've slated to take his place? Three, use the energy and enthusiasm that is generated by winning to help solidify the gains made by the team. This step will require more contact with the squad than the coaching staff has had previously. At the very least, the players must see that the organization is continuing to refine and extend its efforts to sustain the success the team has experienced, right? Energy and enthusiasm are going to be huge for you as you pick things back up and you bring your team back together for the 2022 season. Four, hold numerous meetings with the team. Conduct these meetings in a variety of forums. The entire team, individually by position, and separate offensive and defensive and special teams unit. Schedule these meetings at appropriate times and in appropriate settings. Emphasize honesty, finding as many suitable ways as possible to get your basic points and messages across. Explain to your players what steps must be taken to sustain the momentum of the team, including what will be expected and required of each player. So it's always good to have those exit interviews, talk about the past season, but when you get back together, it's good to revisit that. What were the things that you talked about with those individual players or with the unit or with the team as a whole and start with those things? Next, number five, refocus the staff by covering in detail why and how each game was won in the just completed championship season. Subsequently, thoroughly address the shortcomings of the team and the areas that need improvement prior to the next season. An objective analysis of the team's strengths and weaknesses can help bring the staff back to reality. I think right now it's easier than ever to go in and figure out what things worked 
and what didn't work? In what situations were we successful? Where can we get better? Were there fronts that we weren't able to run the ball against? Were there passing routes or passing combinations that we struggled defending? And how do we get better at those? What's our prescription for success in getting better in those areas? And when you go back through the season, any season, whether you've been successful or whether you failed, you're going to find that you have a lot of those things and you find those areas where you know, the perceived thing is that you guys had a such, great, such a great season that everything was right, that you'll find a lot of those things in areas where you can get better. I highly recommend divvying up the work right now between your assistants and having them focus and become experts on certain areas, whether that's offense, defense, special teams, and then within those areas, maybe somebody looks at red zone, somebody looks at third down, somebody looks at protection against blitzes, whatever it may be, there's all kinds of ways you can go back and do quality control on the season. I'll bring up some of these as we move forward in the offseason. Next, require each of your position coaches to conduct a comprehensive evaluation of each player for which he is responsible. Have videotapes prepared that illustrate both outstanding and poor performances by each player. Keep in mind that the sobering effect of his play being closely reviewed will often motivate a player to rededicate his efforts to excel and to work on those skill areas which need improvement. Back at the time Coach Walsh is, is talking here, there wasn't a lot of the ability of players to go and put together their own highlight tapes. Uh, you look at what we have today, every single high school player who thinks about playing at the next level has his highlight tape. Really, any system right now, a player can go into that system, tag his own plays, and put together that highlight tape. So they're going to do that work for you on the good plays, something you really don't have to worry about. But you can go back in and temper all that with, okay, Johnny, here's all the things you did great, but let's take a look at some of these areas where we can get better. Look at yourself on this play and how poorly you performed on this play, and you're going to want to point those out. Even your best player is going to have things that, he can get better at. Next, orchestrate your practices to address specific situations. All factors considered, the more specific the application, the more your players will be able to find a reason to focus. Again, this goes back to things you found in that study. Focus on those in practice. For example, you can increase the likelihood that your players will focus on how to get better by identifying specific steps that they can take to bring about a higher level of efficiency. So again, if it was being better at defending a certain uh, combination of routes, you know, work those in practices and start with those things that you've identified right away as problem areas. Next, he says, meet with each player several times to discuss what you will expect from that player next season. Although your conversation will include positive feedback regarding the player's personal contribution to the winning season, that just concluded, the primary focus of your meetings with each player will be to exhort that player to keep improving his individual skill. Put the focus on the individual. Put the focus on a development plan. Instead of patting on him on the back, which everybody is doing right now, focus on how you can develop that player. Next, he says, don't be overconfident that you feel you should change what your team is doing in order to elevate your team team's game by incorporating new plays or defenses that are counterproductive to the approach that enabled your team to be successful in the first place. Keep in mind that straying very far from your current approach may in fact become a step backward. So 
it becomes enticing if you had that success. Maybe we can add this idea. Maybe this concept, this route, this uh, defensive front will make us better. But what are you going to take away? You have to look at it that way. It's not piling more things on your plate. Really look at it as if we're going to add here, what are we taking away? Because we only have so much time we can practice. So what Coach is saying is what's better is to, to find those areas where you can improve what you already do. Find ways to enhance it. If it's offense, maybe it is giving a different presentation of it, but sticking to those core of things. Next, devote a substantial amount of time to studying your team's system and your opponent's systems. The more you understand your system and how your system can be applied to counter the efforts of your opponents, the more effective and efficient your system becomes. As a consequence, your system will evolve naturally over time. We're going to have an episode where we do talk about what is a system, what do you need to make sure is in your system, but I think that's a great idea that you need to focus on those things, not only what you do, but what are your opponents doing. I know one of the things I always like to do when the season ended was go back to those scouting reports and find out who's graduating from that team. Look at what their depth chart might be. Who were the guys who came in the game at some point to be second team guys, etc. Those are things you're going to want to know. It could be you know, really sobering to your team who maybe lost a lot of those seniors to have to look at, wow, this team over here really has a lot coming back. So pay attention to those things. Look at your opponent's systems as well. The last thing he has to say about sustaining success is to do everything possible to ensure that everyone associated with the team maintains an appropriate level of focus on the job. Take a positive, firm approach to guarantee individual compliance with stated responsibilities, goals, and expectations. Obviously, you want to continue those high standards. As I said, it may be more difficult at the beginning of the offseason than it has in other seasons. When your team maybe came out of it hungry that they didn't get what they wanted and they're hungry for that success, make sure that they go into this focused and hungry as well. So let's take a look at what Coach Walsh has to say on the other side of things, rebounding from a poor season. So in his book, he writes, Handling a team that had a poor season the previous year also places particular demands on a head coach. In responding to these demands, you must resist the inevitable tendency to simply make bold proclamations or grandiose statements about how things are going to get better. Your players will be looking for tangible evidence that next season will be different. For example, the return of a key player who was lost to injury the previous year. The addition of a key player uh, via a trade or free agency obviously doesn't apply to the high school level. College level does have the portal, though. If such evidence does not exist, you should, not, you should consider several steps, including what he lists here. Number one, re-energize your efforts to evaluate all aspects of your team operations, including your assistant coaches, all individual players, and the offensive and defensive schemes used by the team so maybe a different filter is going on to this in looking at what's not working for us why did we fail uh, a little bit more than why why do we have success uh, but certainly you want to look at both of those things what are the strengths and what are the weaknesses much like we were talking about before when the team did have success 
Two, incorporate changes in the offensive and defensive schemes employed by the team if you decide that making fundamental modification in one of those plans will benefit the team. It is time to look at how does this fit with our next team. Were we wrong on how we place personnel? Did an injury, to a key injury, cause us some problems as we tried to run a certain offense or a defense? So really evaluate that. Do we need to make a change? Let, let the players know the key areas of change and how they are going to impact the upcoming season. It's important to share that information. I think evaluation and feedback is so key to building a strong culture. And if you're not succeeding, be being very succinct about here's what didn't work, here's what we need to do, is going to go a long way in getting those players on board. Next one's a tough one. Replace those assistant coaches who are not making contributions expected of them. I would say before doing that, take a look at yourself. What were your expectations? Were they clear? As a head coach, did you set that coach up for success or was his failure due to some of the things that uh, maybe you failed in certain areas being detailed about what you wanted? It certainly goes for a coordinator as well and looking at your staff. Just like that team that had success, you want to get everybody refocused. So Coach Wall says, make sure that everyone associated with the team understands what will be expected of him during the upcoming season and maintains the proper focus regarding his responsibilities. So you see there's a lot of overlap there. What we said about that successful team certainly can be applied to the team that didn't have success. I think there's... You know, everything we, we listed there can just be reframed to how do you deal with a poor season? How do you rebound from that? Coach Walsh certainly did not have a lot of those. Uh, and that, that part of the chapter was short. But I think the point is uh, all those things that apply to maintaining focus, getting refocused, uh, just are framed out differently for the team that's won a lot of games versus the team that didn't get to where they want to be. I love that part of the book. I love that book in general. There's, there's so much you can get from it. I go back and reread that all the time, and it's a, a great resource for me. Again, I highly recommend picking it up. Even if you have to pay a little bit more, I do think it's well worth it. Uh, we're going to continue this offseason with some great guests. Uh, as I said, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of the podcast. And to celebrate that, we collaborated with Glazier Clinics, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, to put together uh, a special sweepstakes in which the winner receives a travel package with flight, hotel, and rental car for two, as well as a Glazier Pass for the 2022 offseason. The flight and hotel, the destination is one of the Glazier Clinics, so you'll be able to pick one of those off the list, travel across the country and see somebody who you haven't seen before. You're free to bring a staff member, you're free to bring a wife. If that's what you would like to do, it may get you out of trouble for being across the country, but uh, you can use that however you wish. Go to glazierclinics.com win to register to win that prize. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Krabowski.